Alrighty, welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast in which we analyze Man of Steel by each individual minute. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And I'm Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And today on Man of Steel Minute, we're talking about number 98 of Man of Steel. Uh, before we get into that, though, we're going to be talking about some reviews or, you know, people have sent us some great reviews over iTunes. Uh, and usually what we do is we'll go ahead and read them out over the podcast. So I was going to read one today and then um, just keep it one at a time for each episode so people don't have to listen to all of these at once. Uh, the first uh, review for today's comes from Alan Fire. He, the title says, Insanely Fantastic. So when I first heard of the show's format to go through the DCEU films a minute at a time, I thought it was borderline insane. But listening to what Nathan and Mark are doing with the show, I realized that it is a fantastic and fun approach. It's amazing how many more things you can pick up about a film by focusing on a singular minute. Keep up the great work, guys. P.S. I'm waiting for that Catwoman Cinematic Minute podcast. So thank you, Alan Fire, for that great five-star review. Um, Don't forget, guys, if you leave us a great five-star review, we'll go ahead and read those over the podcast. We're going to be doing Catwoman. Oh, yeah, Nate. After this one, we're not doing Donald Justice Ultimate Edition. We're just going to go straight into Catwoman. And then we're also going to do... the new Fantastic Four one. Just, just the new one. Just And the Halle Berry Catwoman. Yep. All right. We're also going to do... Uh, no, we're not. All we're right. not doing that. <laughs> but, okay. Today on Man of Steel, we're minute 98. It starts with Feyor uh, readying her blade at Colonel Hardy. And then the minute ends with the Kryptonian attack ship taking down the A-10 Warthogs that were supplying uh, cover fire... Or pressure. Thunder 1-1? One, one? Thunder 1-2. No, one thunder one, one. Thun- Wait, thunder hang on. Thunder 1-2. Okay, so Thunder 1-2. and two. Okay. There we go. Yeah, so we get the famous line from Feora, a good death is its own reward, before she attempts to kill Colonel Hardy. And uh, what is a good death? Um, From a military? From a war? From a aspect, warrior? A warrior aspect. I wrote down there's two warriors hand-to-hand combat. Like, this is epitome of what I think Feora is trained for mm-hmm. and exactly what she lives for. Like, this is this is her life. Just warrior on warrior. And um, she enjoys it. She yeah. revels in it. It's weird to think that Kryptonians are bred for specific roles, whereas the warrior guild is bred for just that. It's exactly what Pharaoh is doing at this exact moment. Nathan Hardy was not bred f- and conditioned as as the same as her. You know what I mean? Yes, he's still in the military. He's still a soldier. He's still had extensive training. Mm-hmm. But, like, at the end of the day, that's still a job for mm-hmm. him. You know what I mean? It's like they there is a difference between the two warriors like one is driven by sheer life i guess feora like that's just what she is supposed to do to do yeah and then the other is kind of driven by a uh, see no it's still the same thing like what i'm supposed to do and i'm supposed to protect you know america from these invaders or, or what have you so they're similar, but they're they're different. Do you know what I'm trying to get at? I know. I, I understand completely what you're trying to say. It's like yeah. if you look the the look on the two on and both their just, faces. It's just as confusing. Like it really, like is. it's confusing <laughs> to you. It's it's because it's meant to be. Yeah. To you know, that's the tricky thing about war. The tricky thing about you know violent. You know, we assume that it comes from someone who is just naturally evil. Um, 
but people are brought up different ways. It's a bigger picture. Yeah. Um, I mean, like I said, if you look at the two two of their faces, Nathan Hardy is like terrified. Yeah, but exactly. He has... He's terrified. He's determined. He knows what his next steps are, but he doesn't foresee an outcome of those next steps. Whereas Faye Aura is sitting there, standing there, and saying. This is just another meat bag that I'm just going to tear through. Mm-hmm. And she does give him well, that little bit of a respect of yeah. the hand-to-hand combat with the pulling out and, and the quote of, of a good death. Um, yeah. So there is still like that warrior aspect of it. That's why we need the goddamn sort of row graphic novel. Backstory. Like backstory yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, we do. I'm, I'm probably going to write something like that and see what happens with it. But yeah, so a good death is its own reward. What What is uh, a good death? Uh, maybe if she said a quick death is its own reward, I could probably agree with that. But maybe a good death means like an honor- honorable? Honorable. I honorable. always thought it was honorable. Uh, I, you know, uh, to me, I don't think she almost doesn't see Nathan Hardy anymore. You can argue this, <clears throat> that she now sees him as like, yeah, I could. I easily defeated you, but because of your your endurance Resilience. in the fight, yeah. the fact that you kept trying to fight me, yeah. there's something that I like about you now. In that, so, he's a contender. Yeah, so the a good death is its own reward. It's almost like she's like thanking him for putting up such a good fight, uh, even though it's very one sided. She enjoyed that because it is a very it's a cat and mouse situation, and yeah. now the cat has the mouse. Yeah. I always so, kind of took it as her telling Nathan Hardy that his death is going to be his own reward, or is like it should be universal between the two warriors, yeah. especially for hand and hand combat. So it, it should yeah. just be like a tip of the hat, like "Hey, may the best man win or woman, uh, yeah. may the best soldier warrior win." And it's like, but you don't get that from Feora. You get that she's telling Nathan Hardy, which is something that is brought up later on in the film. Mm-hmm. Um, by you know another character no spoilers yeah <laughs> so yeah. we'll we'll touch on that as well when we get there but it's not like like it's almost it's like that phrase sports, had, it's good sportsmanship it really is but it had to have been said twice in this movie because the two characters aren't at a mutual agreement of the battle right now it's almost like Feora is definitely seeing that she's just going to decimate everybody because she's just so much more overpowered than all these people whereas uh, I'll get into it later. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I got you. I got. <laughs> we'll you. bring it out. Let me write, let me write a note and bring up this this minute <laughs> again when we when we get down to the other part. Yeah, she doesn't get to kill him though. Something happens. A person swoops in. A guardian angel. Completely. Oh, angel. Guardian angel. Oh, mm-hmm. guardian's angel. There you go. Hey. There you go. I write that down. That's today's episode's title. I had a question though. <laughs> I want... Superman clobbers her. Is what happens. <laughs> That's true. He just smashes down on her. Um, going back real quick. I'm sorry. I, I, I took notes. And I'm not even reading them. I'm just going about emotion right now. Um, Pharaoh says the whole a good death is its own reward. How many times do you think she said that in battle? Ooh, that's a good one. Is this like her? Jules Ezekiel quote from Pulp Fiction. Like this is just her. And I lay my hand upon the like this is just the badass thing she says before every hand to hand combat. The Boondock Saints prayer. Yeah, exactly. Is this just her call? Like, how many times has she been in battle where she's I just think been it's, like a good death? Is its I own think reward? it's that is that is only said to warriors that she feels deserve that quote. Like, yeah, like I, I it's earn the respect. I guess, but at the same time, so she's respecting this person, but she's respecting them 
with a tone that she's still going to come out on top. Because I think in her mind, Nathan Hardy is a better fighter, even though it was very one-sided. It was a better fight than it was he didn't give against up. Superman. Yeah. Because she's like, Superman doesn't know what he's doing. He's yeah. weak. He's like, But even though Nathan Hardy is just a man, much more respect to that man for the way he fought. Yeah. Like a true soldier compared to Kal-El. I think she's also seeing him as military instated where she is the same thing. She's a part of the military as well. Where yeah. Cal is just some random yeah, like stray she would, from Krypton. I don't think Cal would deserve that kind of quote. Well, he's not a military. I don't think he would deserve it. I don't think he, I don't think he would be granted a good death by Feyora. He's not a soldier. He's not she a She doesn't respect him like yeah. that. She respects Hardy in, in the way that they fought. So. Yeah, she uh, she probably used it very se- seldom, seldomly, but she does use it, and I would say this is not the first time she's saying it. <laughs> but it's, it's still I can't get over the fact that it's almost like she's telling that person that you're going to die here. Like this is a good death is its own reward. It seems like that should be a mutual statement between. What if that warriors. was like the Ool mantra? Hmm, that would be dope. That is the. That sounds like you're on a, a good track there. Like that's something like the family would say. Yeah, I mean, if the family is all warrior yeah. bred, what's 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 dead may never die. All right. Yeah, one of those things. Huh. I sat. You're bringing tears to my eyes with that whole <laughs> Bruce Wayne. He's a killer. <clears throat> so Superman clobbers her, uh, breaks her helmet, uh, and then that amount of force that he used to tackle Feor kind of sends him just. Too much momentum for him to, like, kind of control. So he, like, fucking throws her into the ground and then, like, has to pump the brakes as he slides away. Oh, yeah. So that, I thought that was a really cool effect. Super slide, if you will. Yeah, which they filmed in in uh, in person there. Like, that. that's not CGI right there. Yep. Him kind of uh, getting pulled back from the force that he had when he attacked Feyor. That, that's him. That is Mr. Cavill with a bunch of cables on him. And they're, like, you know... Ready, set, go, and then they just pull, pull him you back yards. Yeah. I think they, they must pull him about twenty yards. Yeah, yeah, probably something like that. Um, it's just it, I think that's seen on the special features of the old DVD that you can buy it's in stores DVD. now. The laser disc. Um, I gotta tell you, we had a uh, Jacob Oliver on who does the whole mocap thing over there, um, mm-hmm. and um, I went and did some um, some photography for him at one point, and I remember we were just messing around in their little studio that they have, and they strapped me to one of those. Uh, uh, cable pulling devices, whatever they call it. I don't know terms. But, I mean, it was fun. I got strapped up. I got harnessed up. And he was like, all right, when I tell you to jump, you're going to jump, and then you're just going to fly back. It was cool. It's uh, I liked it. Damn. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's my little little blip of that. Um, no, Nate was actually in the Battle Smallville. That oh, was God, I wish. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk about the sheer... Uh, terror and and uh what relief on nathan hardy's face after he sees this just gift from the sky open up and spare him that is uh i think that's the defining moment for him yeah right like with the whole superman thing i think so i wrote down this is actually like i I took i didn't even just jot down like an actual like phrase or something like that Um, maybe i should pre proofread what i actually wrote so i don't sound like an idiot um the idea of this alien super fight happening (laughs) and then seeing one of the aliens in more of a calming and familiar color fighting against the other super aliens and saving your own life um (laughs) then i wrote what are your thoughts (laughs) 
<laughs> what are my so, thoughts or what are your so, own thoughts? I don't know. You're so like, let's Nate, what to, do I think? I think I was posing. This was note taking it very late at night um, after all that stuff. So I think what I was trying to get at is um, put yourself in Nathan Hardy's shoes where you're seeing this super alien fight. And, you know, all throughout the fight, you do see this one character who is in uh, non-black armor, who's in very bright, vibrant, red and blue, very familiar colors. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't have a mask over his face that you can see his actual, you know, facial expressions. and also very beautiful. What he looks like. Yes, he's a very attractive human, a very attractive person. (laughs) Um, And then you see that the fight is is you know directed towards you against these massive you know alien beings and then all of a sudden this other alien dressed in blue and red comes and saves you did what he, are your thoughts about that did like he, in, uh did he also notice young being saved by superman <clears throat> when he fell out of the chopper i don't know because <clears throat> nathan hardy's chopper was spinning at that moment yeah so maybe not but like just the idea of seeing this other alien that you thought that you were fighting against is now stepping into to spare you and to rescue you from things like what it you're a military personnel and all the only thing that you know is that your guns and your weapons can stop anything that that is put in front of you but then again there's these three beings that are right in front of you and your guns and your weapons can't do anything so then you see this other being stepping in and and fighting and you're trying to think like is he on my side is he on their side what are your thoughts as a military personnel or is the unknown side yeah exactly so happened to hit her out of the way exactly i just thought it was just so awe-inspiring to see just another character uh, i don't know the the suit the contrast between the two kryptonian suits i think is is a big plays a big role in it so like you're seeing these other two that are dressed in black destroying a town and then this red and blue character trying to stop it i guess is just like it's inspiring it's 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 confusing yeah very much so because you're also thinking like i'm about to die yeah and then you don't yeah because of that thing and it's like what do you what do you make of this guy like you don't know anything about this guy he was just a guy that this this alien ship wanted to kidnap because he was hiding amongst us and now he's throwing sonic boom punches in a small town like what do you what are you supposed to make of him exactly that's a good question and I had no idea what my mind would be like. Exactly. So I don't. I don't know. I, I remember. <laughs> I remember it being late, and I was trying to picture myself in Nathan Hardy's shoes, just seeing a Superman type character fighting alongside me when I'm not expecting it, or when I don't even know that those things could exist. We also have to ask people who are like, like maybe they were in a area of conflict, like let's say a war, a battlefield, and you're a civilian. And I don't know. It's, I feel like it's a question for like a veteran of some sort where it's like you really have to find someone who was like in a battle as a civilian with two opposing forces and one saves you from oppression. Is it one of the one side or the other or because that's almost like a liberation of internment camps in like World War Two. Like yeah. the, the Red Army coming in to save like, you know the the work camps and stuff that's almost like that or, or like, is it like yeah like something from world war Two or something from like um oh, i don't want to talk about the vietnam conflict uh the show clone wars you like you know there's like clones that come the republic comes in to, to liberate a, a system yeah but that's still like one side coming in to save i was thinking like more of like a third party that you had no idea could do that 
I don't know. I guess it's just like more of like it's just, again, aliens on Earth is just still like I don't know what to make of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can argue the clone army itself because the Jedi really didn't believe in it until the true. clones started saving them, and then they were like, uh, "Okay, I yeah. guess you're cool." Yeah, that's very true. I don't know if I if this were a situation happened to us today, tomorrow, just right now. I don't. I think how could I not think about Superman? If I were to get some sort of magical powers that made me, uh, you know, have these granted powers, you'd be sure I'd be dressing up like in a Superman costume. <laughs> Just because it's that familiarity, you know? It's like, I want to let people know that I'm here to help. You dress up like Superman. That's universal. Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> All good questions. I feel like I was just rambling on for 15 minutes about no, nothing. No, you're fine. Um, After... Superman kind of saves her, or saves Hardy. <laughs> Definitely doesn't save Feora. Breaks her helmet. Her helmet's going all kind of to haywire. And she's really struggling at this point. She's going through the same thing General Zod just went through. Uh, with the, uh, just a rapid influx of sun, yellow sun radiation. Yeah. She's getting these kind of super abilities are kind of affecting her right now. She got sucker punched by Cal, didn't she? Like, she wasn't she, even expecting it. She, yeah, she absolutely, again, it's probably like that, that forward A uh back forward x move back forward <laughs> oh yeah yeah supercharged right at her uh just completely clobbers her helmet apart and she's going haywire she does um what she says she says you can't win for every human you save we will kill a million more and yeah she really struggles to even mention, get that out um and then we see some a10 warthogs are coming in to kind of give one more last run uh they're trying to clear all the danger that's around Guardian right now. And they fire some missiles uh, towards the Battle of Smallville. Um, and this sets up for some good misdirection, but before I get into that, you can also see that there is a Kryptonian attack ship kind of starting to come into focus behind them. Barely. Yeah, and if you know, doing it minute by minute, you don't ever get to notice this uh, because it happens so fast. But yeah, there is a Kryptonian attack ship that kind of sneaks into frame. Uh, and then, as the missile's heading towards Smallville, there is also a ball of fire headed towards uh, Smallville as well. And uh, I didn't know that left this... Left the screen, I think? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know this was in there until, you know, doing this format. But yeah, it is the train that a certain someone uh, is throwing back at the, you know, the town of Smallville. Who do we know that's been in a train yard? Oh, just Namek. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Namek has thrown a train um, from a great distance, and... Yeah, if you're not watching this minute by minute, you kind of miss this part. Because uh, the way this is supposed to play out is that the missile is launched from the 810 Warthog. It's on its way to Feora and Kal-El. And what happens in the next shot is that Kal-El looks up and you expect him to be like, oh crap, there's a missile headed at me. But it's not a missile that comes at him. Instead, it's a flaming train and just... It's a good misdirection because you as an audience don't expect the train. You're expecting the missile to be the one that comes at him. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it is the train. So it kind of gets you excited. It gets him excited because it surprises him. And then it hits Kal-El and throws him into a Sears, which, again, product placement because that has to be there. How do you feel about this train? How do you feel about the way it looks? I wasn't too sure, and I'm still on the fence about how realistic. Remember, you we always talk about, talk about weight. We always talk about weight to it. Yeah, like throwing a train, and it's a train that pretty much ultimately, spoiler, it ends the fight. 
it breaks the two parties apart. Like it's 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 the distraction kind of thing. Cal getting hit with this train and being thrown into a building, like it seems like. I mean, we know it takes a lot out of him. Like it, it does it. But do you get that? Do you get that feeling? It almost looks like nope. he should shake off this this train getting hit with him. Like, it looks pretty very, easily. It looks very spongy the way. It hits yeah, it's um, a good word. What what it is is um, a train is made out of metal, steel. Yeah, steel. Tons and tons of steel. So when a bunch of, you know, when, you know, it's not even 3,000. It's probably more than that. It's probably twice as much. Three tons of steel, maybe. Three tons of steel hitting the ground at that rate, that speed. Mm -hmm. But also hitting someone else. There needs to be more uh, high-pitched clangs and, like, like just the sound of a big thing of steel crashing into asphalt like did this train hit terminal velocity as it was flying yeah. through the air like it's just gotta to have me, all these factors to me it's like it didn't it doesn't sound heavy Mm-mm. that's what it is it doesn't to me it doesn't it doesn't hit like it, it's supposed to yeah and that's what takes me kind of that's why it seems very spongy it doesn't feel believable because of the sound effects. yeah um but you know the no spoiler alerts. I don't want to mention any other other films that do sound believable, but you know, I won't get into that. Um, <laughs> so it's got it takes him out of uh, it takes Superman out of the fight, and then Feora turns to attempt to stop the missile that's coming at her. It kind of doesn't really have any other options but stick her hand out. Is that what she's? You think she's just stopping? And I feel like she's just like. Please don't hurt uh, me. Yeah, like, <laughs> please I don't, don't know. hurt it's me. It's just like, a, like what? What else do you do? I guess you do just put your hand up if yeah something projectiles coming at you. Yeah, yeah. Is like where is she super confident that she could stop it and then realize it doesn't? Or I think she's just trying to stand her ground, warrior style. Yeah, kind of like what a warrior last, would do. Yeah, last like you have to her. at least put your hand out mm-hmm. there. So. I did like the the view that changes from like the camera, the missile camera. Is that that's hap- that happens in this minute, right? Where you see the first person, yeah, the, yeah, you do, you yeah. do, see, you do track the missile as on its way to, yeah. It shows Shelter. her, it shows, it shows Feora. Yeah. I remember there, this this part also was in the special features where I believe Snyder was kind of directing Feora. It's like, all right, well then, you have to make it look like. I remember him telling her to like put her hand up, like your your focus changes to over here. And I remember them doing like a shot of of the camera just going all the way in. I just, uh, yeah, I remember that. Cool. No, yeah, I like that. <laughs> So, and that, uh, it does hit her in this one, right? Yeah, because it, it does. Because this is a, it, you can see her body kind of among the, the smoke and fire. And is that tr- is that true? Is that, um, yeah, she does get hit in this one. Cause, yeah, yeah okay. this is, this minute also ends with the Kryptonian attack ship coming in and blasting the A-10 Warthogs. Yeah. And, and clearing a path. And it ends with the... Uh, Kryptonian attack ship breaking through the fire. Yeah, of those, it starts to land. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so that's how that one ends. So. We do get the 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 A ten warthog. Is that what it is? Thunder the, one and two. Yeah. Yeah, like that thing just destroys an entire street as it just <laughs> barrels down this Smallville street. Yeah, this engulfing flame. And I like that it just stayed like in the middle of the street. Like it just like landing zone. Like oh, everything in that street is just gone and, and torched, destroyed. Does that happen in this minute? Or yeah, no. The, the the jet comes and takes out the um, or the attack ship comes and takes out the the warthog, and the warthog just like f- falls right to the street. Yeah, see, you're seeing it now. Yeah. Boom. 
It does. It's like a sea of fire. It's yeah. It's, it's, it's just. In, it's a lot of. Jet it almost fuel. looks like there's a school there too. Like it's like a gymnasium to a school. Let's see. It's coming down. Crash, Boom! Crash, 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 like crash. what is that building right there? Maybe not. Maybe not a school. I don't know. It's a big. It's a big building. Brick though. buildings. They look like it's more of like a uh, northeastern <laughs> style. Yeah. We're also looking at the train bit real quick. Train. Like, it hits them really fast, and that's, it goes through that, the building. That's See, a that's believable. Yeah, that's believable. But maybe the train itself flying in the air, I don't... It seems like it should be falling faster. I don't know. Not falling faster. Falling harder. Maybe the arc is what's what's giving it away. Like, the arc doesn't seem believable for it. Then again, these are super beings that can throw things ungodly amounts of... Feet. force <laughs> yeah yeah and anything like that um as the as the kryptonian ship lands though at the very end of this minute it's got some amazing sound effects we've heard it before like the attack ships we didn't even get to we didn't hear them in the beginning of the movie when there was all those attack ships but it was just until they land, started landing on earth that all the really cool sound effects started yeah. coming. i think they struggle with sound mixing but they do a good job with sound design yeah so for the spaceships they, they really work and whatnot <clears throat> Um, but that's all I had for this one. Yeah, about you. No, yeah. that's 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 good. Cool. I think I'm good. Alrighty, guys, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up for today. Don't forget, Nathan and I also do another minute by minute podcast called Tarantino Minute, where we are currently covering Reservoir Dogs. Um, there are other podcasts under our network. If you check out Too Old Media, TooOldMedia.com, you can find us on DC uh, EU Minute on all social media. Uh, let me say that one more time: DC EU Minute. Yep, got it right. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you guys tomorrow here on DC Cinematic Minute.